<laughs> Who's going to do the dishes? I am not doing the dishes this time. I feel like I've done them the past few nights. I think you stand Well, you too. usually do them while I'm putting Aslan down. <laughs> but also after, so... Oh, yeah, I, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, usually that's what happens. Right. So you're due for some dishes, is what I'm feeling. All right, then no podcast. No, we have to podcast. How often do we get the opportunity? We have to seize it while it's here. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. You're listening to Remodeled, the podcast. Remodeled is a project whose goal is to expand the cultural narrative on healthy relationships in order to include ethical non-monogamy, non-partnered, asexual, open, and more. We are here to redefine love. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. Hey everyone, you're listening to Remodel the Podcast. I'm your polyamorous mama, Jessica Levity Daylover. <laughs> and with me, as always, the bond agency to my subprime mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that one. I'll just say I'm your Jack McCoy for life, baby. Oh, I thought you were going to play off of my subprime mortgage. Oh, that was too brilliant. Thank you. I couldn't follow it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They label these AAA tranches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm proud that we even know what that is. I was so excited to get that out that I don't remember the rest of the show. Okay. Okay, so That was our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we used to say we were broadcasting live from Dream Life Studio, but Dream Life Studio is no more. It is gone. It has been taken over, usurped by the one Lucia's soul. Yes. So just a quick check-in. Uh... Our oldest turns four in less than a month. My goodness. And Lucius just turned 10 months. He's going to be a year in March. How? He is still a baby. That's all I'm mm, saying. He's still a baby. He's still a baby. So if you remember, we had to like throw him in the recording studio which is in our basement because he was not a great sleeper for (laughs) as a baby and so he needed like a cave-like dwelling and so we put his crib in the recording studio and I started renting a co-work space which is like the best thing to ever happen to me and this project the podcast and everything and then we just realized we don't we don't need the recording studio I was like holding on to it for dear life and I was like well even even if I didn't have another place to record, which our co-work space literally has a recording studio in it, like, I still wasn't making it into our recording studio to record. Like, it wasn't happening, and we were using uh, equipment that is just not necessary anymore. I mean, if the sound quality isn't as good as it usually is, it's because Joe and I are sharing a mic, and at least in the recording studio, I could multi-track us on different mics, and now we're literally huddled in our bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun setup. This is also great. Yeah. But I was surprised with how easily you let go of the recording studio. Yeah, thank you. It felt good. Like once I get, once I let go, I'm like, oh, I love getting rid of stuff. That's and true. And I love simplifying. And like, honestly, 
just we we can't record at home anyway we just can't like if we needed to be in the recording studio like he's sleeping in there right now and so now I have a USB mic versus I mean previously I had microphones that went through like a literal soundboard like with like multi-channels and so now I just have a mic that plugs straight into my computer. It doesn't even require a driver. Turns like, out that's all you need these days. Yeah, so, and I think it's going to be good sound. Um, so I thought that if I stopped editing episodes, it would allow me to get them up more. But I literally have four amazing interview episodes in my backlog because literally just having to produce the front end and the back end like the bumpers and stuff that is enough of a step for me to not be getting these episodes (laughs) out and so like I either need to literally let all of that go or I just need to like I mean because we actually do have a nanny now like that used to be the problem like we could not find a nanny um and now we have consistent nannyage happening, which is awesome and a miracle. And yeah, we are so thankful. Yeah, um, so I just think I need to be, I it just needs to be on my to do list when I get to work, and I'm still figuring that out. Like I'm still unmedicated ADHD, <laughs> and um, you know I fill a lot of my two working days. Like I work Thursday and Friday. I fill a lot of those days with client peer support calls, which I love, but then it lately leaves little time for media production uh which is hard because it's like you know it's the capitalist hustle of like peer support is money coming in and creating media is just fun you know (laughs) yes well with all of that peer support still i feel like you're always doing interviews on the regular so it doesn't surprise me that you've got four in your backlog yes and these are all really exciting interviews but it made me realize like because my favorite podcast which does happen to be a polyamory podcast sort of tangentially is Dear Jessamine with Jessamine Stanley and her partner Ash and like they do an episode every week and they literally just sit down and hang out and they're usually hashing I mean they have a format that they loosely stick to but they're usually just I mean I love it so much because it's so vulnerable. They're usually hashing out problems in their polyamory just live on the mic. It's like a conversation that would be happening anyway, and they just capture it. And I was like, why aren't we doing that? And I, as much as people appreciate my interviews, I know for a fact people just want to hear me and you talk. <laughs> well, I we've said this a bunch, that if we just had hit the record button at the beginning of what had turned into like oh, an hour God. and 15 minute conversation on some random Tuesday night after the kids are in bed you know we'd have so many episodes yeah no for real so i think i mean we are going to set the intention to start capturing um episodes just between joe and i and bring kind of life back to that dynamic even if it doesn't have a specific topic but we do have a lot to talk about because so much has happened oh my gosh i can't even process it all so much has happened so yeah it's and maybe it's good that like we didn't do it right away because i don't really believe in sharing some of the tougher lessons like definitely if you follow us on instagram specifically if you um subscribe to our close friends list which is an exclusive access to behind the scenes of our life on instagram it's like a private channel um you can join our patreon at the five dollar 
a per month level or higher and get access to our close friends list at least on that it's like my diary so my close friends list has a real time like holy shit this just happened and this was amazing this was painful this is the lesson i'm learning this is the sex i just had you know and like um so that's pretty much the only way to stay super up to date on like what's going on and then there's our public instagram our feed and stuff and like the non-exclusive stuff which is I don't talk too much. Like, you might catch some personal updates on there, but the real juicy stuff is on our close friends list. Yeah, and a lot of the time it's just general things, not necessarily related to specific dynamics, but things that just come up in general that you would post just out there on the regular social media. Yeah, well, and my point was just that, like, I'm glad we don't dive right into a podcast episode after some of this stuff, but... I do like that I am able to get real time what's going on in our life, at least in one avenue, which is our close friends list on Instagram. So we it's just like weird because I was like, okay, well, what do we need to update people on? Like our life is interesting enough that we could just do a podcast episode telling people where the date lovers are at and then we started to make a list of what's happened and it's so nuts it's so nuts it's so crazy but i think a good place to start where i might have left off before previously is talking about regional dating and just how common that is in the polyam world where it's hard to find matches in your city even if you live in a populous place i mean you're more likely to but at the same time and it just we had just become aware that a lot of polyamorous people drive several hours or even get on airplanes to see their partners on the regular. That's the last thing we talked about? Um, I don't know if it's the last thing we talked about, but it's relevant to our updates. Well, yeah. So I guess where I would start this story is that as far as my postpartum journey went, it was roughly around... October, like end of September, October, that I decided to re-download the dating apps. And that's just a big, it's a big moment for any polyamorous postpartum mother or just postpartum mother who's single or whatever. Like after Aslan, it was a big deal when I was like, okay, I can date. I have the spoons for dating and myself just, you know, body image stuff. Like I had gotten to a place where I felt like, okay, I can confront this. And um, at that same time, you also made connections. I don't remember, I don't think like you had gotten on dating apps yet, but you and I had taken a break from dating apps after Lucius was born. Yeah, I think I had reached, yeah, taking a break from dating apps, of course, while we adjust to our new lives. And then it was kind of sporadic here and there throughout the summer. And then things seemed to pick up a little bit more in the fall. I guess we can just pick up like at At my birthday. birthday. Yeah. So like Joe's birthday was the end of September and you were having birthday blues. Birthday blues for a number of reasons, but one of them was it had been hard to find some good connections. That wasn't the source of it. It was more like darkly existential. No, but that was the specific, like the specific trigger was that you experienced this pattern and it's really weird. And I have to say, I mean, I witness it and it's like, I don't know why this is something that happens to you, but it's like somebody will confess an interest or or like send you a lot of fiery passion interest and then like 
change their mind or like disappear and that had happened on your birthday correct yes that is a good summation of what happened and so in the wake of that i was feeling frustrated and um yeah definitely had some birthday blues absolutely yeah so he was super pissed off on his birthday and so then i got on instagram and said like hey joe's having a really bad birthday if you are on team joe if you're in the joe day lover fan club could you please DM him and just tell him why you love him, if you think he's sexy, blah, blah, blah. And, like, my final present of the day will – because, like, he's not on Instagram, so I was like, he won't see it coming in all day. <laughs> and so then my final present at the end of the day, I was like, hey, babe, open your Instagram and go check your DMs. And there was, like, 35 messages. Yeah, there were quite a few in there. I mean, it was one of the greatest birthday presents ever, like, Aww. going through the messages. And I responded to every single person, and I tried to – to give some time and attention to and it was it was very enjoyable and a lot of fun lots of good flirting some really nice sentiments and just affirming feel-good feels yeah it was like in a totally alchemized like where you were at and then i was like oh i'm such a good wingman because (laughs) from that you ended up striking a very intense you said spiritual connection with another polyamory content creator that you are still in connection with that is correct yes um annie undone my east coast gal yeah so if you are on instagram at annie underscore undone is a polyamorous kink kinky queer poet yeah and so that was very you guys had intense nre even though it was long distance like that was definitely a really intense connection from your birthday from the start yeah and it was it was like that through the fall which was really nice and it's still going but it's entering more of a comet situation sure well long distance dynamics are challenging and um what we have is really unique and awesome and so many great things to look forward to um but then somebody saw on facebook they messaged and they said hey i saw um about like reaching out to joe i'm regional like they're a couple hours away and like they are two hours away from us and they were like i would love to go out with joe and i was like slide into his dms baby and so i sent this person who had slid into the remodeled love dms um sent them to your dms and the next thing i know like that was like going really well Yes, let's call them Jade. Jade and I were talking and immediately had really good chemistry over the text, and I'm a sucker for that stuff. Turns out I'm very much like you in that regard. And so that was pretty steady communication for a couple of weeks, and they really enjoy coming to Reno and came up here for the first date, went awesomely, and then you know started planning like two-week frequency things because they have children and so every other weekend they don't and would go to go two hours away to see them and so it became a really awesome regional situation there for a hot second i mean and like i was like this is i don't it's just now i'm cringing so much at how you and i are so like this is the thing this is the thing we've been waiting for that we've been like like every every new relationship i'm like this is the breakthrough totally yeah and i felt right i would always criticize you for it and then i turn around did the same thing 
Which is a pattern. <laughs> well, it's something that people do. Well, the tide always turns, but thank you for admitting that because you do criticize me a lot and then turn around and do everything that I do. And it's like, well, I'm a Libra, aren't I? I just wish that you would recognize that in those moments or at least own up to it when, when it, because like sometimes you're like, oh, I am totally doing the thing I always judge you for. And other times you're like, well, I'm different and mine's justified and yours isn't justified. <laughs> you're, so you're not paying attention to these like circumstantial <laughs> factors over here. Oh, God, it's so annoying. Anyway, um, we have a really funny story. So like for your first date you texted for a while but for your first date they came up here Mm -hmm. and you were like i have no i I was like do y'all want a hotel room and you're like well i don't want to be presumptuous like it's just a first date i don't know and then like you took them to like walk around at a nice outdoor place but then they wanted to come back here and play like mom yeah so this person all about the kitchen table and was more than happy to come back and hang out and so you were hanging out with a friend at our house and ended up being able to go out because she wanted to parent with me and the kids believe it or not she like her idea of a first date was like she wanted to play with our toddler and give the baby a bath and i was just like oh my god dream woman yes totally and and as much as those elements are definitely looking back were rushed at the same time i appreciated someone who's like you know what i don't want to do the standard like take me to dinner and let's go have drinks kind of a thing that's not really i enjoy it but it's not really my thing and so it was much simpler like getting outdoors and then hanging out at the house which was really chill really low maintenance and they ended up spending the night but our baby was yeah, okay so the, we have a funny story to tell y'all yeah. like the story gets tragic but like this we've been wanting to there's tell a funny story, story first for a minute. before yeah. the tragic part so. <laughs> so like yeah it's their first date and we have this like um like beanbag that like throws out into a like mattress on the floor we saw it on shark tank <laughs> <laughs> but strangely enough worked well in the situation and so where we had this set up was just outside of the studio where which has been remember taken over by the baby yeah so like in our 90 year old house you go down the basement stairs there's a can you stop doing that well i'm just getting comfortable Um, so you go down our basement steps there's like a playroom and then there's a bedroom where Lucius is that was the recording studio and the mattress on the floor was in the the playroom (laughs) and so the first day turns out she's gonna spend the night and I was like, cool, do your thing. I'm the cool wife. Yeah, you totally were. Like, you were rolling with the situation. And as you have in the past, and we've gotten pretty comfortable with trying to make space for each other here inside the house. Well, it's just really nice. Over the years. Because it's like... I'm all about Airbnbs and hotel rooms, but like if we can save two hundred dollars, that is a that is a lot of money in our world. Like for real. Yeah, no, and it's not that terrible of an inconvenience for the other person I've felt. Yeah. So they were downstairs and could definitely hear you guys having sex. Um and I was like, you know what? Good for them, good for them. And um then 
the baby started crying. And it's just like at this point, you know, I mean, he's still not really sleeping through the night. But by that point, it was definitely we were in a really bad phase. But it was like normally not until like two or three in the morning. Yeah. So the fact that he was like screaming his head off at 1030 I was like this has never happened before yes it's this isn't normal something abnormal is happening right and of now. course it is happening on the one night where like Joe is finally getting laid and somebody has come to see him and have a date and like I just couldn't believe it yeah it became a polyamorous sitcom really quickly unfortunately and I think throughout the night, we did a good job of bouncing back and forth off of each other. I mean, I definitely had my other motivations that I was trying to no. maintain. And it was, a, and I'm sure being the other person is annoying in that situation. But ultimately, we made it work. The baby did not have to go to urgent care. Well, so, okay, you're a terrible storyteller. You just skipped all of the details. Well, I'm just summarizing just so because <laughs> I know that we have a, a lot of shit to talk about. Okay, no. So the baby's scream crying and it's the type of cry where you're like, oh, well, we can't just let him cry this out. Something is wrong. So now keep in mind, I can't go get the baby. I'm on baby duty. And when I thought that the baby would just wake up one time at three o'clock in the morning and need a bottle, I was like, oh, that will be no big deal. But now it's like 10, 30, 11, the baby is scream crying and I can't go get him because in order to go get him, I would have to walk through the open room where y'all are having sex. And then I am like, I'm going to be the cool wife. I'm going to be the cool wife. I was so stoked to be the cool polyam wife. And now I'm starting to get fucking annoyed because the baby is scream crying and you're you're having sex and i was like is he not gonna go get the baby he's not gonna go get the baby and i'm like trying to send psychic signals like yo motherfucker go get the fucking baby like how long are you gonna let him cry and then i started to get so annoyed even though i'm sure it would have thrown me off too but i just started to get super annoyed that you were just like not going to get him and then i was like I had to yell down the stairs. I was like, Joe. And you're like... <laughs> well, okay. Yes, totally. All of that is accurate. And I think I would have had the same reaction too if I were in your shoes. But a little bit of context is that at the time we were attempting to sleep train him and let him cry it out through certain situations. And so it wasn't not customary for us to use this approach but but what was annoying me was that yes we were sleep training so occasionally we would let him cry it out at 3 a.m but this wasn't stop (laughs) doing that but this wasn't 3 a.m and i could hear in his cry something was wrong and so i was like this motherfucker's gonna be like well we let him cry it out even (laughs) though that didn't apply to the situation and you're wanting to get laid brain was like using that well perhaps a little bit but at at the same time i think you might acknowledge that you would have acted similarly to me i mean i would side of the same situation so here here at the tide always turns principle see and i dare not say that i would that i would act differently because the universe like we don't you know i just made content on that the second that you're like i would do it so differently (laughs) the universe would be like oh really But, like, I don't know, as a mom, 
And like my heart races, I get a lot of anxiety when he is when I can hear that it's something true. is wrong. So I think I absolutely because I wouldn't have been able to have sex, and that's the difference between me and you. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this didn't go on for too long. I mean, eventually, mm-hmm. you know, I had to yell down there, Joe, are you going to deal with the baby? And so then you awkwardly like sexed and naked like come like so i'm at the stairwell and then the next thing i know like a naked joe is <laughs> handing me the baby you know a, a, if non-polyamorous people are listening to this right now they're probably offended yeah no i understand <laughs> but this is real <laughs> this is real and this is my attempt at gaining some self care some valuable some very much needed self long overdue care and it just sucks because like the timing was just shit and it's just been like that <sighs> Uh, throughout the year at different times where we've tried to um, combine the two worlds and it's just been chaotic. Well, it's just was weird because he had never, like, this hadn't happened. Like, we were very confident that she could spend the night because he was only waking up at, like, 3 a.m., quick bottle, back to sleep. So we knew he was going to wake up, but we're like, oh, it, it's going to be easy peasy. So the fact that I he was probably teething... Um, and we just didn't see it coming like it came out of nowhere and so then I'm trying to console him and it's one of the inconsolable something's wrong Um, and so now I am upstairs with a screaming baby who I am praying to God does not wake up our toddler because I am on mom duty and I'm slowly mourning the loss of I was really looking forward to being like the cool polyam wife who totally rocked child duty and then like made you all breakfast in the morning or whatever. And now I'm frustrated, I'm frazzled, and I'm super stressed out. Um, And it's one of those things like if we had been in a really bad place in our polyamory, I would have absolutely weaponized the situation in order to like guilt trip you end the scene be like see this is why we can't do polyamory but I, you know i definitely thankfully that did yeah. not happen and i'll give you credit like you kept your cool despite the stressors obviously of oh, the yeah. situation i do think you were a bit like hard on me like there's a piece of it obviously of like your the annoyance that long-term nesting partners have for each other on their triggers kind of type thing playing into it but also you did more than that a great job of keeping your cool no see this is why you gotta let me tell the story because i'm (laughs) getting to the point where i snapped so i was cool i was cool and then there was like because then i i got the baby to to stop crying and i was able to come down and put him back down and then I went upstairs thinking we were home free and like we had made it through and like then you guys were having sex again then I remember you came up like there was this moment where you came up and you're hey babe do you know where the lube is like just that funny polyamory moment where your husband emerges from the basement in his underwear asking you for lube and I was like is this my life yeah totally so things had lightened up there for a little while and then but then he woke up again again screaming and then we repeated the situation where once again I had to ask you are you going to get the fucking baby like clearly something is wrong and by that point I had I did snap and I wasn't cool and you came upstairs and I'm like holding a baby who will not stop crying and I was like 
get out of the house, like go get a hotel. Because like I, the problem was, is that like if we, if our house was not a thousand square feet or we had a bedroom, you know, like if there had been, if our house had been set up where y'all were in a guest room, I could have handled a bad parenting night. I might've been bitter the next day and held that shit over your head and been like, you fucking owe me because of course the one night you had a house guest was like the one of our worst like baby overnights in a really long time but I would have handled it the problem was that I couldn't get to the baby and so by that point I was just like just get a fucking hotel room like why are we doing this this is so stupid get out of the house leave right now get a hotel room I don't even want to look at you because I was so annoyed that I kept having to ask you to get the baby and so I did snap and I got really bitchy yeah no totally there was a period of time there where it was really rough for sure absolutely and i kept going in and out of like i'm really sorry i know i'm being a fucking cunt right now but also (laughs) yeah no and i think i remember being equal parts like i understand why you're mad but i need you to fucking pull it together also (sighs) and it just sucks because i just pride myself on being so chill but like I just was really, I mean, any parents listening to this right now, like, especially moms, like, you just, you know what I mean when you're like, why are you not do, why are you not solving the problem of the baby right now in the way that is so obviously needs to be solved in my head, you know, and so it was just a really bad night. I ended up taking him for a drive. Um, because he was inconsolable, which I think in his whole life, he's, I mean, he's had some rough nights, but he's maybe only had three I needed to put him in the car and drive around inconsolable nights, and that was one of them. It was just surreal. So I ended up, like, taking him for a drive and um, coming back. This whole time, our toddler does not wake up miraculously. Thank God, yeah. So then I take him for a drive. I come back. I pass him back down the stairs to you. Um, And then I ended up, like, actually going out for another drive with, like, an old twin flame who, like, reemerged back into my life for a minute. Oh, I totally forgot about that. And that was really cool because I had a hot makeout session in the truck. Came home. Y'all were passed out. Um, Then our toddler wakes up in the middle of the night and comes in to sleep with me and then the next thing i know it is 4 30 in the morning Mm -hmm. and i am being handed the baby who is up (laughs) i am sleeping with my toddler in the bed i've had like four hours of sleep the baby woke up at 4 30 and joe has the audacity that's right to bring me the baby at 4 30 in the morning and go hey babe can you um get up with him so that uh jade and i can have one last session before she leaves because she had to leave at like 6 a.m right so i got up at 4 30 and i did it without an attitude i was definitely tired and really like i cannot believe this is happening like you know <laughs> i wasn't pissed i was defeated totally and i would have felt the same also would have done it for uh, you and that's the thing that fuels me is i was like joe joe would do this 100 percent. yeah 
absolutely joe would do this for me and i would want him to and so like that's where my motivation comes from so dragged myself out of bed hung out with the baby while they had like one more you know morning delight and it worked out strangely enough they were and the whole time jade was cool with the situation and yeah rolled with it really awesomely we still had a good time obviously would have been a hotel room would have been the right call in in that situation but i got to have a vacation basically the next time the next time we went on a date two weeks later i went to their place two hours away they did were sans children and so it was like a weekend getaway yeah um so and it just looked like this really promising situation where like like she was excited to come here once a month and like i was planning on hopefully having a lover or somewhere to go so that on the weekend that she came here i would peace out and like they could play house and, and like joe would be able to have someone help him take care of the kids while i was gone and then joe would go there once a month when she didn't have her kids and you would get this getaway weekend with your lover it was like so crazy and she wanted you to bring our kids there so like maybe once a month or once every other month you would take both of our kids for a weekend there and take them to do fun things and we were like oh my god we've hit the holy grail yeah absolutely as people who love kitchen table this was just music to our ears the Various possibilities before us were so enticing. And I think looking back, we definitely rushed a lot of those elements and that should have been a red flag. No, yeah, no, we're going to get to that. So we're going to take a super quick break. And then when we come back, we'll share like how this story tragically ended and how it's connected to a tragic situation on my part and like everything we learned from that which feels so disconnected from who we are now it was weird wow. it was like yeah i mean it was recent but it just seems so long ago. yeah no totally okay we'll be right back hey friends this is jessica levity day lover reminding you that you are not alone on the polyamorous path if you're looking for peer support or coaching on your non-monogamous journey and you want to work with the day lovers head to remodeledlove.com and book with us today Okay, and we're back. So right around um, this time that you meet Jade, and this looks like this is like I, this ideal relationship that we've waited forever. Like we, I had visions of like, oh, this is going to be a long-term relationship. And, you know, I felt the same, which also should have been a red flag. I was, strangely enough, sold on this person, and I found that, two hours away distance was kind of ideal because it really stoked an awesome fire in the in-between, but it wasn't so far away that you couldn't make easy arrangements. Yeah, so around this time, I actually hit the rock bottom of a core wound. Um, Again, if you subscribe to our Patreon, $5 a month level or higher, um, you get access to our close friends list on Instagram, And you can actually go back and watch on my highlights reel. If you're an Instagram person, you know what I'm talking about. So um, it's, you know, for patrons only, but I call my diary entries. There's now diary one through eight 
Um, and I think each one holds about 25 minutes of footage. So I now have eight diaries, 25 minutes each. You can do the math. Um, but diaries one through three, I talk about my core wound and how that relates to my lessons in polyamory and how my core wounds show up in my relationships and how some of my more painful breakups have been just how I'm still processing them, even though they're in the past. And I, anyway, one of my core wounds was triggered um, really immensely uh, through an ex. And I just hit this rock bottom of this core wound of feeling unworthy. And um, blah, blah, blah. See, this is all story, which plays into the whole, like, I get so trapped in stories when I meet a new lover that, like, <laughs> I don't see red flags. Um, but that, like, led me to re-downloading Tinder and Tinder is my most hated app um and so I had been bouncing around and just not having any luck on OkCupid, Bumble and it's just that thing where like all the cool poly people are polysaturated and everyone else is not polyamorous and I'm trying to like avoid that um so I ended up downloading Tinder in this like kind of weird like fuck you rage and ended up making this connection um that seemed really promising and he was like uh also thought that he was a demisexual and he was like one of the first guys that like didn't come on too strong which triggers my demisexuality and that was really nice and um we went on a first date and it was like amazing and I really did the thing where I was like it's finally not a trauma bond and it totally was and it scares me that I thought oh it's definitely not one um but it got really intense really fast This is kind of fucked up to say that I don't regret it because um, sexually, highly compatible. And I have not had um, super just kinky compatible sex with a cis man, um, which is a very specific desire that I have sometimes, like in honestly, since you know who. So since 2019 something or other yeah yeah so like it has been several years since i have had the type of sex that i really like with men and um that was really nice like honestly i really fucking needed it and he worshiped me probably too much now that i think about it um I was promised some kind of cooked dinner in the kitchen yeah, that I yeah. never ended up receiving. Yeah, he was God, super damn hot. It. Like I just, I was so excited about that connection, but there was a lot of red flags, and I looked right past them. Um, the connection was really intense, and then um, there, yeah, it moved really fast emotionally. And I ignored, he was new to polyamory. There was like, there was honestly a lot of red flags that I cannot even talk about. And then, um, so trigger warning. Um, I'm still not really ready to use specific words. So like, if you have any triggers around boundaries and consent being violated, uh, I would skip ahead five minutes. Um... So, yeah, there was just one night 
where a very serious boundary was violated without my consent. And I flew out of body and just kind of went with it. Um, and then came home and was like, my, it's so weird to look back now. My body knew that I had been violated, um, because like I was like kind of having a panic attack, but my mind didn't until literally at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. or something like that in the middle of the night, I realized that the reason I didn't think it was a big deal the moment that it happened is because of all of the times it's happened to me in my history as a woman in the dating world with men, specifically cis men, and all of the sudden it occurred to me that just because it had happened a lot of times doesn't mean that it's not fucked up and then then it also means that every time it happened it was super fucked up and then I just freaking spiraled <sighs> okay that's really all I want to say about that so like then it was scary what was scary seeing that come over you oh god yeah I can tell right now I haven't processed it because like I'm just like oh yeah it was no big deal like no I definitely ugh it was hard because it it was like that situation, but then all of them, and then I felt like I couldn't... It was treat, the all of them. I couldn't treat that situation seriously because I didn't deserve to because I didn't treat the other one seriously. It was a lot, and I just realized how many women do this and how... Yeah. So, um, it was a big overwhelm as I came to the realization that what had happened to me was super fucked up and not okay. Like... Right. <laughs> yeah. So then um, all of the red flags I was ignoring all of a sudden became very clear. So then there was that overwhelm was like, it wasn't just this one incident. It was like, oh, wait. And I've been like, that was a red flag. That was a red flag. Like that wasn't the first boundary he had crossed. But it was like the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. So then all of a sudden it occurred to me that I couldn't trust him to respect my boundaries. So I told him I never wanted to talk to him again. And then I was like, but I don't, I don't know that I can trust that he's going to listen to that because he historically has not listened to my boundaries. And so then I was just like imploding a little bit and I didn't feel safe. And then... I, like, told myself, like, oh, well, don't be silly. You're safe. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. Stop doing that. Like, be realistic. You don't feel safe. So you were supposed to take the kids that weekend to see Jade. And I was going to have a weekend to myself at the house with that person. By that point, I had said I didn't want to see him ever again and never to talk to me again. And... I said, like, hey, I am very uncomfortable that this person knows I'll be alone this weekend. Would you mind asking Jade to, instead of you take the kids there, I didn't even ask you to cancel. I just asked if she would come here that weekend and then the next weekend take the kids. Like, I just wanted to flip when she was coming here and when you were going there so that I wouldn't be alone like a few days after that situation happened. 
couple of things. This person, I met them a couple of times, the person you had been dating who crossed these boundaries. And were outwardly presenting as a pretty nice person. And so it didn't seem like they had destructive potential as, as a human being. But at the same time, you don't really know. Because when you tell a man no, then they could react in a number of ways. And one of them could be violent. And you just never fucking know and so i think i recall us sort of waffling on that decision for a period of a few days we didn't really and i didn't tell jade this right away we kind of just talked it through and then one day we were on a walk and we both mutually came to the feeling that it did not feel right for me to leave with the kids And so initially you did ask me to do it, but, and I think that this is important to the story, but days later, we both felt and agreed that changing the weekends was not a big deal. I was more than prepared to come down there on a different weekend if they were willing to come here instead this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even say cancel. It was just like, can you come here and like be with us and like, yeah, I just, I I just didn't. It wasn't a big deal in my mind. Yeah. Well, and it was just a request. Right. Like it wasn't. So anyway, I just thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. I was more focused on the trauma that I was like going through and the shame and feeling like just all that stuff. And I did feel better because I couldn't have imagined making a different choice and taking the kids and leaving you behind feeling that way. And it wouldn't allow me to completely enjoy myself. And so I felt better immediately having made this decision going, okay, this feels like the better call. And I do think it's important to talk about one thing going through my head. Like, so every time we were like, okay, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Like you and I historically are very naive. Yes. So like Joe and I have a past of trusting men And some women, actually. That's true. Um, And part of it I am now learning is my neurodivergence. So, uh, you know, being on the spectrum, I take everything at face value. So I don't, I really don't understand when people are being inauthentic to me. Um, So it's been helpful to have people like help me realize since I'm only just now learning that I'm on the spectrum and my whole life makes sense that like some of this is me not understanding when like because they say that people on the spectrum are like shark food for narcissists because we take everything at face value and we don't understand when people might be like manipulating Um, but you and I have have believed quite a few people in our past definitely with regarding addicts and people who are lying to our face and we're like oh they are the nicest people on the planet they would never do that and it's just like we project because we can't fathom doing fucked up things so then we project that everyone else also has good intentions we've weirdly fallen under i'm sure as many have fallen under the sway of some really strange like charlatans you know people who just like prove themselves to be like completely different than how they were presenting yeah and like and it it's kind of a problem and so like that's what i kept coming back to every time i was like no joe's met him like he's probably uh, fine and and i he is i mean 
he nothing ever happened but like it still kept coming back to like no but we have made some really fucked up mistakes in our past with like anyway so that was like the crucial element for me for being like no for once I need to listen to my gut something's not right like this isn't okay so you called Jade and said like I explained all of that and requested that we shift the weekend to a different weekend where I would come down with the kids or just by myself and would they be willing to come here instead if even if it was just for a day and she originally said like yeah let me like check a few things I'll I'll get back to you and was fine and we were both like oh I'm so relieved and it's funny because I think we both said like oh that's how you know it was the right call because we both felt relieved yeah and then like 20 minutes later i get a text that is explaining giving all of these examples of red flags that they've been noticing about how we're pulling couples. do you still have the text i, I kind of want to read it it was fucking brutal it, it was, was brutal and- she was like joe listen up i have ignored your red flags long enough i know like shitty poly people when I see them. Yeah, no, you guys are pulling couples privilege, veto power. There's a clear chain of command. Yeah, and she was like, yeah, there's somebody clear. There's a clear chain of command here and it's not you. Like meaning. And so like, ugh. it was very like telling me off. And we had never had any disagreements prior to this. I mean, we had gotten along really well and it was a comfortable dynamic. I mean, there hadn't been anything. Dude, it was out of left field like it was like i was looking at the text from some bitchy like i just was like this was was the person you were dating yes it was like they were telling me off and i mean we had had some discussions before about non-hierarchy and i told them that we are moving toward relationship anarchy or non-hierarchical polyamory but we weren't there yet there's been a lot to unlearn so i didn't claim to have been there yet but at the same time they had a different image of me image of us and the tone of the text was so off-putting it was very jersey shore like telling me off oh and yeah, causing no, a scene like, yeah and yeah she just being not the, nice and she mean was just like fuck you guys fuck your couple's privilege fuck the facade you're using you, your yeah. social media to your advantage and you're putting off this false persona dude it was crazy but here's the thing about non-hierarchy first of all you never claimed to be non-hierarchy secondly relationship anarchy is about putting your energy into where it needs to go and i had she not blocked me and given me a chance to respond i would have told them well hey i would have done the same thing for you if you were the one in distress and i could break away from you and the kids to go be there for you i would have what is cringy to me is that when I read that text like a million times, she's like, there is a, cl- I have ignored every red flag. There is a clear chain of command here. Um, like, and it's not you. Like, I think she had an image of me that was like, so I I feel weird. Like in her mind, I think the story was like, I was jealous and didn't want you to go see her. Even, That's the only thing I even can Even though I was fucking Stoked because he was taking the kids and I was going to have a weekend to myself with my lover. Yeah. You know, and so like in her mind, I think it was like this. 
I don't know, maybe I got broken up with. And so I was like, you have to cancel your trip. And and you have to because I'm upset and I'm jealous and I'm scared. And like, I think in her mind, it was this cringy wife who wasn't really happy with polyamory using a weird excuse to tell her husband to call his girlfriend and cancel their trip this weekend. That's what I think was going on, but that was so not what was happening. And I didn't ask you to cancel it. I asked her if she would come here and switch the weekend that you were going there. Right. And so this is what I've come to understand about relationship anarchy too, is that part of it seems to be just rolling with things like rescheduling. And I think as a parent, I've learned that more. The thing that's important for me is, are you making a proactive effort to reschedule? If you're asking someone to reschedule and you're not following up, that is a dick move in my mind. But as long as you're making a proactive effort, which I was, I feel like it's it can be allowed for. Well, and also, like, she could have said, no, I'm not okay with that. I already got tickets to blah, blah, blah. I was really excited. I've already got the food. Like, she could have said no. And then I would have been like, oh, okay. Like, well, at least at least she could have advocated for her needs. And then we could have gone from there. Maybe she didn't understand the severity of, like, the fear that I was dealing with. And again, no. it wasn't this cringy manipulative wife who's not actually happy with polyamory pulling some weird couple's privilege to cancel her husband's trip that was not that's not who we are it was so off base i was like what the fuck and at the end of the text she was like fuck you lose my number joe peace deuces and then blocked him so she sent this with zero explanation like who communicates like that oh i'm so tired of relationship anarchists being like i am the i am the queen of polyamory because i have achieved relationship anarchy ironically i have hierarchy in my types of polyamory what was so bizarre to me was that if you look at what happened this person did not get what they wanted which was my presence time or attention and when they didn't get that proceeded to then tell me off about what a horrible person i was dude so it was that so was alarming like... that you were dating this person and like we had this complete it was basically I... you and i were each dating somebody that we thought was a completely different person it was so bizarre the tone of the text was so bad that in my mind even if she hadn't blocked me there was no chance of a reconciliation like after being talked to like that no i don't have any of that shit yeah, it's we so don't, no one in our life no, communicates like that no. it was really weird it was really bizarre and um really... we just it was like getting sideswiped because we up until that point, I wasn't I even thought, heartbroken. I wasn't even sad. I was shocked. Well, like up until that point, we thought I just liked her so much. She had just invited. I was sold on this chick. That she was had just so invited weird. us to her like polycules Christmas. It looked like it was going to be this like the day before. Really giant, like they're just. She went from seeming so into you and so cool and so woke, I guess, to. It's almost like it was like a different person. It was, yeah. I was just not expecting you to get told off in a text. No conversation, no like self advocacy, nothing. Just fuck you. I've ignored all of your red flags. Lose my number. And I was like, what? Right. And so the whole thing was so bizarre that 
not only am I shocked, I am also simultaneously relieved that this, whatever that person actually is now, is no longer in my life. And so after I get this news, I'm not mad at you, Mm. right, for asking for, or you didn't, like we both mutually agreed that it was the right thing to do. I'm not mad at that decision after this breakup. I'm like validated in it strangely. Yeah, it was like, I don't know what the planets were doing. That was but like the some weird Oh, it was eclipse season. It was. It was like we had like three eclipses back to back and I was like, man, those eclipses just came in and was just like chop chop chop. Yeah. Um and it's always weird to me to know that those people are also thinking like, Oh, thank you to the eclipses for like eclipsing right. the day lovers out of my life. It's just, you know, we're the bad guys in someone's story and you I'm have just to releasing all of this negativity. I have to stay humble to that, you know. So anyway, that was super weird. I've never seen so. any communicate like that who was like polyamorous and this you know this person was my age you know was in there and polyamorous and polyamorous and so we both went from these super exciting relationships to actually kind of tragic heartbreak endings and i had been in some pretty intense nra with this person i will say i was i was really sold on the regional aspects and i felt like the dynamic was good and i was i definitely had gotten overexcited ignored the red flags and look at what happened (laughs) yeah so then we came back from that and super humbled we were like i definitely knew what lessons i was learning heading into that relationship which was to go slow even when i wanted to speed up and to question red flags a bit more but um i think as a neurodivergent person Red flags are very difficult for me because I gaslight myself around like, wait, did I see what I think I saw? What was that? But I I knew, like I had already learned these lessons. So I thought, I knew what the lessons were with this person, but I thought I was nailing them and I wasn't. That was the jarring part is I thought I was going slow and I wasn't going slow. And then the second it was over, I was like, whoa, I was definitely not going slow. Yeah, no, not at all. I... <sighs> All of those elements I was talking about were rushed with the kitchen table stuff. And now even we, if they were, even with their enthusiastic consent, right? Yeah. So we now we cringe at the idea that she was willing to come here and meet our family and be with our family on a first date. Not that it's cringy or inherently bad. I don't think she had bad intentions. I still think no. she's a really good person like totally. I'm very just confused about that whole thing but like just that we need to be more suspicious of people the day lovers are fucking puppies and that's what I realized is that you and I as lovers are very immature but not immature in like a narcissist not in a way. Jersey Shore way no no in a in like we're like puppies and so we meet people and we think they have the best of intentions and we think well as long as their intentions are good and as long as they're good people then we can just jump right to this kitchen table blended family take our kids to stay with her for a weekend and like now we're like you know what? Maybe we need to go slow, even when it seems like you don't need to. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what that thing is where we're just willing to take people at face value. Oh my god! For whatever, for what they're saying, and oh, okay, so that's what you're. Oh, cool, sweet. I'll like. There's no reason in my mind for me to question you or think that maybe you're presenting yourself in a certain way. <laughs> Yeah, and like then we had this other aha moment where I had to tell Joe like. 
babe, I don't think you realize kind of how big we are now because in in my mind, we're still small potatoes. Yeah, like, totally. Because like all of the people that I admire, their platforms are, you know, two, five, ten times bigger than ours. And so I still feel like small potatoes. But then there are these moments where I realize like, you know what? I mean, maybe we need to have quite a bigger vetting process when somebody re- like if you meet someone on a dating app who happens to know who we are like that's yeah. pretty likely because we live in a smallish city and we were already public figures before our platform took that's off true. so it's kind of hard to meet someone who doesn't know us but it's different when someone comes through our page and a lot of people have exclusive like i will not date you if you approach me from my page rules and now i understand why i don't think it's inherently wrong but i just think our vetting process because and i'm not saying that this was jade's intention but the situation brought at least into my consciousness that some people might want to be near us simply because they feel like they know us or because they might feel powerful being in relationship with us because we are public figures or something like that and again not saying that's her intentions but it brought to my mind that we are now at the point where we actually if you know who we are our vetting process might need to be a whole hell of a lot more suspicious yeah than like hi welcome to the family i love you yeah no totally we are way too accepting when it comes to people in general and the situation did illuminate a lot of things about our public identities which are actual versions of us those are true and accurate and to life as to how we actually are but there's also a discrepancy between what that creates in someone's mind and then their actual experience of getting to know us yeah so true so it was just like wow it was just like hell like eclipse the eclipses came pulled these people out of our lives and then like this massive awakening of like what it truly means to not be a puppy when it comes to romance and love like I think it's okay to meet someone and be like, wow, babe, this could be really promising. Like I could go there once a month and even take the kids and like kitchen table. And she's interested in being involved as another adult, which is like our dream is to have aloe parents in the polycule helping us with the kids. But just like recognizing that just because it feels like it's at that point doesn't mean it should be at that point. Right, you know, and an interesting counterpoint at the same time is that simultaneously, while all this is happening, I'm in a different NRE with Annie Undone. Mm. And she and I have talked about how had we been in the same city, <laughs> you know, we would have gotten easily consumed by this dynamic too, that kind of overeager Mm. degree yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. that was only that was only kind of um kept at bay because we're on different sides of the country yeah and so like this realization that a mature lover goes slow even when they don't have to and i think mature polyamorous parents and this is hard for us to admit because we get a lot of critiques about how oh like we can't believe you let your children meet people like that seems just not like that seems uncouth blah 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 and we always have said well how is it any different than introducing our kids to a colleague or whatever and we still stand behind that but now we humbly admit that like 
yeah, you might have to jump through a few hoops before we're willing to bring you into their lives. Not be, not because we're afraid of like them getting attached and you leaving because, you know, we don't buy into that whole thing, but simply because you have to earn it and we have to be suspicious for a couple weeks. Yeah, or just a slower process to ensure that it happens in the right step, in the right moment, and is not out of order if that makes sense there was a moment when aslan said something like daddy's new friend and it kind of just clicked into my mind of how how kind of willy-nilly i've been about the whole thing Mm. so if you're listening to this this is our humility showing up on this podcast and i hope that that means something to you and like allows you to just understand like we're not perfect we never said we were and that was like what i wanted to say to this bitch like (laughs) like we never you're using your platform to manipulate people like if you get on our platform and think we're perfect i definitely didn't say that in fact i feel like we are praised for how honest we are about our imperfections yeah no i feel like a lot of our storytelling is like here's the latest thing that went wrong here's the latest dumb fuck shit that we did yeah and i remember you afterward had to do kind of one of your seasonal hey don't put the day lovers on a pedestal kind of posts yeah i did and that was for her or inspired by that situation thank you very much jake yeah like like do not pedestal us and i know the parasocial relationship phenomenon is really weird but like do not pedestal us because then if you pedestal us and then we make a mistake it it crashes harder in your world um because you put us on a pedestal but i didn't ask for one so we are not perfect um so that was a really weird and then like we both did this 180 like i came to you and said like we need to seriously change because i had the whole puppy awakening that like i love like a puppy and i trust like a puppy and that we need to be yeah and that we're just a little too eager um and too excited for love and and sex but like also love and like looking for someone who wants to help us with our kids and like just all of those things make us so excited about polyamory and about life that we just are like (laughs) so we both did a 180 and i love that about us like i just think with an unhealthy or dynamic situations like this can just be like see you're a fucking idiot and this is why polyamory is dangerous and doesn't work but for us we're just like hey we've been moving too fast and we need to do things differently and we have been like our energy hadn't been in our home like shit like laundry wasn't getting done yeah Um, it was just time to refocus and i appreciate that about our relationship in general I remember us kind of both giving each other the space and the grace to kind of be like, you know, this didn't go as great as expected. And in fact, it was pretty bad in how it ended. But we're going to take the lessons and integrate and move forward. Yeah, so we did. And then... um... Gosh, what is time? You know, I thought that I was like done, but every time I say I'm done, but we took like a couple weeks off of like I had to of actively looking and we really regrounded back into parenthood and back into our home and just back into re- realizing like wow, we have a lot of growing to do. Um and then that was like the end of October. 
And then my birthday is the end of November. Around that time, I connected also with somebody just a couple hours away, a content creator, Albert of at Polyman Answers. What's up, Albert? Yeah, they're a um, queer, Vietnamese, um, polyamorous, non-binary content creator, um, a couple hours west of us. And I had been, like, jokingly, there's a big group chat with I think there are I can't remember how many are in the chat um, but uh, some of the biggest content creators across across the globe on Instagram and we chat all day long and they're in the chat and I found out that they were just a couple hours away and I said we should go on a date and then that joke turned into like no we should go on a date so I went to see them for the weekend before my birthday and they spoiled the shit out of me and we did so much growing I was so jealous yeah um, yeah they're Getting like a world like class ramen or some No, shit. they're like a world class chef, like oh not by gosh. trade, but just by hobby. And so they it was such a lovely weekend and I went in with the like here's what I'm learning. I'm learning not to rush NRE and not to give in to NRE actually and they were like I'm learning that too. And so we just had the most magical weekend of just playing in what I called the big question mark and it was so wholesome. Um, we never, nothing sexual happened, but it was like kinky and playful and just very romantic. Um, they're also unpacking a lot of where they're, they think that they are ace. Um, so they're on a whole journey right now. And, um, it was just like, it's like I had hit this kind of bottom of, awakening of everything I've been doing wrong in the dating world and then I started to emerge back into the light and my first experience was a weekend with them and um, we made some really great content together which you can find on my Instagram on our Instagram and then I came back decided to approach dating apps differently because I had um, previously as a demisexual only been comfortable going out with folks who would spend weeks talking to me and I wanted to see if I could push myself out of that comfort zone and, and just meet up with people right away which was like my demisexual nightmare but I wanted to see if I could just trust my body and I realized if I put a very limited cap on the date like oh I have 45 minutes for a coffee but then I have a thing after that was the thing that made it like I could do it because to me the idea of going on a first date with someone that you know let's go have drinks and then go do who knows what that gave me anxiety of like well what if you don't even know if you like them but the idea of like oh I have 45 minutes for a coffee that was the game changer for me so I got back on apps made a bunch of connections, um, had some terrible experiences with men who just were not respecting my boundaries of like, I don't like it when you flirt sexually with me until we have met and know that we like each other. And so I had made a bunch of matches and then my goal was to go out with all of them. And even if nothing came of it, just to challenge myself to go out and, and not spend weeks talking to them. And so I had two horrible experiences that were so horrible that I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm taking a break from dating apps. I'm just done for a minute. Like, I'm, I can't do this. And I had one more connection um, that I had made. And I actually was like, I'm just going to cancel on him, tell him, sorry, better luck next time. 
And then for some reason, I was like, nope, I'm going to give this one more date. So I had three terrible dates. Well, I had three dates scheduled for one week. Two were terrible and ended terribly. Um, And then I was going to cancel on this dude, but I ended up not. And I ended up meeting him for coffee. That was a month ago, actually, a month ago today. I wonder if he knows it's our one month. I need to text him. Yeah, and I remember it was like 8 in the morning, and I was giving you shit like, you're going to get up at 8 in the morning and go on this coffee date? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then we both pushed it back till 8.30. Um, And on the first date, how weird is this? So in October, I had a surgery that was like very personal, very, very, yeah, very personal surgery. And on this first date, we find out that he was my surgical nurse for that surgery. Total coincidence. Reno coincidence. Yeah, it's a very Reno moment. And he has no memory. Like, I mean, it's not like he remembers me. I mean, he... He's seen a few patients. Yeah. So he is a hospice nurse on the weekends and then he works for a surgeon during the week and he was my yeah he was my surgery nurse so we thought that was super cute um it was kind of a rough first date in that i don't think that he's good at first dates (laughs) i kind of gave him a hard time for it but there was something about him that i was so smitten with that that motherfucker got so lucky and in true just fashion on the first date i gave his tinder profile a makeover with fresh pictures that I took on the spot and edited and redid his whole profile because he was so cute and so wholesome. And I was like, I just have to let you know. Cause he was like, I said, what do you think of dating apps? And he was like, they're terrible. I never get any matches. And I was like, that's because your profile does not do you justice, boo-boo. Hand me your phone. So he handed me his phone and I redid his profile. You're good at that shit. Thank you. You can people pay me for it, fifty bucks, and I will. It's worth it. Yeah. You want to up your profile game, or if you feel like you suck at online dating, you have really helped me out in that regard. Yes, I am so good at dating profiles. I it just I think it's an amount of vanity that can't be taught, and my background in marketing. So and my neurodivergence, I think all that combines for me to make really awesome online dating profiles. If you're interested, email remodeledlove at gmail.com. There's like an interview process and then I send you some ideas. Anyway, um, so I told him like if you get a date because I redid your profile, you owe me a steak. And that's ended up how we ended up to keep talking. That's and, smart. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> he, it was like five minutes later, like he left the coffee shop and he was like, I owe you a steak. I just got a match. And I was like, bitch, I told you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, he lives, it turns out he lives four blocks away and, um, doesn't have kids is single. So it's just very convenient. And he is like literally the most wholesome dude on the planet, probably other than you. Yeah. Is sort of the Georgia version of me. I think Georgia. Oh, sorry. I, I revealed the state Oh, that they're from. He's from Florida. Oh, I thought he was from Georgia. <clears throat> I don't think so. I think he's from Florida. He's from the South. So The um, Southern version of Mr. Daylover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the, you guys have such similar energy. He has five Capricorn placements, and his major three are Capricorn, which is like, I've never seen that before in my life. So this boy is just like all Earth energy. Um, and he's just a really good dude, and I like him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am so smitten with him. And so that's going really well, and we're actually 
keeping it real. Because I'm keeping it real. Because I'm keeping it real. What? Because I'm keeping it real. I think I have learned a lot of similar lessons. We seem to be, we seem to parallel one another in our polyamorous journeys and the things that show up for us in different dynamics and dates and people we form relationships with. And since then, the people that I've made connections with, some really awesome ones through field actually, have taught me in different ways to slow things down and to kind of approach things a little bit more guardedly and not be so trusting and to counteract whatever that puppy dog instinct is and it's been really interesting how in a few separate dynamics that has proven to be true again but in different ways if that makes sense totally i think one of the most humbling things that i keep in mind is the realization that the puppy dog energy should be a red flag to someone else. 100%. That's the thing that is like, whoa. That I have a lot of traits that would that should be a red flag to a woke poly person. Um, that That's like, wow, okay. Yeah, or just like a woke relationship person that you see kind of some of the the signs that would present problems later on right so anyway i'm so it's our one month and i haven't seen him for two weeks because we got covid fucking covid yeah luckily luckily we are okay the boys are okay but we recorded this fucking quarantine get me out of this fucking quarantine but this has been really awesome and i'm proud of us for sticking through with the podcast device despite what we call the covid crash yeah around 7 30 we get the covid crash and it's just like we just want to go to bed but we like push through and now it's 10 20 we're up so late yeah and there's a weird energy to this thing thankfully our cases have been mild but there's a sort of psychological weariness to it and maybe that's just from from having been in this fucking pandemic <laughs> for going on two years now and not being able to, no one is apparently out, able to outrun Omicron. Outrun Omicron. Okay, so we have to do another episode soon just like this because I want to talk about more into, um, you have to your long distance relationship lore from the death doula from season is one coming to reno i haven't seen them in two years i am so excited yeah and i would like you to talk about everything you're learning sexually they want like, to record a podcast oh, of course awesome we have to do that and then you have um we have some really exciting stuff happening so like uh this major brand that i'm obsessed with it wants to collaborate with us and they want to sponsor the podcast so like those negotiations and talks are starting next week um my partner we'll call him jay is taking me away for a couple days so on monday i'm going on a road trip with him to oregon to the oregon coast after it's not getting beaten down with tsunamis oh my god i totally forgot about that I think, yeah, you're probably in the clear. Um, and I'm really excited. So follow us on Instagram. Hey, if, if you like what we're doing, you like the day lovers, you believe in our mission, you believe in remodeled love, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, join our Patreon. Head to remodeledlove.com. You can find links to all the ways you can support us. If you just want to send us a tip on Venmo or PayPal, you can do that. But join our Patreon starting at the $5 a month level or higher. comes with really cool, exclusive um 
benefits. Um, if you want a coaching session with us, all of that can be done through remodeledlove.com. One of the most important things you can do to help us is to share our media with your friends. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Facebook sucks, but we do have a page there. Yeah, it exists. Um, and we just love you all so much. So fucking much. You're listening to Remodeled, the podcast. Fall in love just a little, little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, oh, a little bit every day with